0: Hello, I, Father Joe Roche of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Thank you for joining us as we continue our journey of reading the Journal of Blessed George Matulaitis from beginning to end. Today, we take up from where we left off, beginning from October 22nd and 23rd, 1910, pages 34 through 36. October 22nd. As the foundation of all our actions and plans, We must always lay the stone of a holy life. Only then will our work have a secure base on which to stand. We should never begrudge either time or effort to seek spiritual perfection. This, the most important task of all, requires our wholehearted dedication. What good is it if a person gains the whole world but allows his soul to suffer the slightest damage or harm? Lord, help me to keep this always in mind. October 23rd. Taking into due consideration individual talent, the needs of the church, the work at hand, and the institutions we have, we must educate and train our members, regardless of cost and effort. Progress and perfection must be the principle not only of our spiritual life, but of our work as well. Our congregation should never begrudge funds, effort, or personnel when the problem at hand is the spiritual training of our members or of their preparation to work for the good of the church and the glory of God. We must educate capable people for ourselves. The congregation always needs to be concerned with its own progress, with the development of its inner organization, order, and discipline, with nurturing its spirit, These should not only be maintained, but continually improved. Just as each individual, so too the entire congregation must constantly seek greater perfection and growth in the spiritual training and formation of its members, in their education and preparation for work, for the good of the Church, and also in the progress of its apostolate and its institutions, so that as a living organism its internal organization and development constantly improve. If the congregation is willing to devote people, funds, and effort for all kinds of institutions, it should not begrudge the effort or the money for its own improvement, so that, like an organism, it may nurture its spirit, discipline, order, and structure. Nothing should be spared to achieve a sound internal ordering of the congregation, For in this lies our strength. With this purpose in mind, why not visit other institutions and observe their way of life, their structure and organization, their work, and then why not adopt the good things that others have achieved in long years of experience and prayer guided by God's special grace and inspirations? Why not learn all we can from others? we can appropriate something useful from practically everyone. Why not study their constitutions, rules, directives, etc? What experience, what spirit, what supernatural light can we not find there? Let us take note of how laypeople create and develop their institutions. They not only travel all around Europe, but often tour the United States as well in order to study how similar institutions are set up and operated. If they happen to see something useful in another country, they immediately try to adapt the idea at home, taking into account local circumstances and conditions. Why not follow their example as we try to improve the internal organization, structure, and order of our own community? Our congregation, then, should never hold back, but devote the best and the most devout, wisest, most talented, and capable people to foster and perfect it as a living organism. The most suitable people should be selected to teach the novices and to direct young religious, etc. And so I think it is a good idea to visit other communities, to examine their life, to discuss what we ourselves can emulate in order to avoid all kinds of difficulties and problems. For this reason, we should not burden novice masters and house superiors with incidental, peripheral duties so that they would be able to devote themselves solely to the service of the community. After that comes our concern about our work and the institutions operated by the congregation. Here, too, the principle of continual progress and perfection should be applied, so that in our work we would not be inferior to secular people, but wherever possible might even surpass them and serve as good examples for them. Blessed George says that the foundation of all of our actions and our plans should be a life of holiness. This should be the foundation stone. All the business and the busyness in the world will not allow the community to grow and to flourish if the members are not seeking to grow in holiness. Growing in holiness takes time and effort, so we shouldn't fall into the temptation of neglecting our spiritual lives In order to accomplish more things, a balance is needed. Saint Benedict uh, taught ora et labora, work and prayer. A balanced life is necessary. Blessed George also emphasized educating and training the members, taking into consideration the talents and the gifts of each one. Investing in education for talented, intelligent confreres is an investment in the future of the congregation and he recommends visiting other religious communities to see what they do in this regard and to learn from them. Blessed George had been a diocesan priest for 12 years at that point. He had parish experience, he had experience teaching seminarians and young priests, he also had experience writing the rules of life for religious communities, but now he needed to gain experience living the religious life with superiors and subjects living the vows of poverty, chastity, obedience, living the common life involving a life of prayer together, meals together, recreation together, living the charism of the community together, Uh, living the apostolate uh, and having a common apostolate. So he wants to learn not only from how other religious communities live, but also how lay people create and develop their institutions. And he is ready to learn from everyone who is successful. Good, talented members are needed to form the priests and the brothers of the future of the congregation to ensure a stable future for the congregation. He also warns of not overburdening those with important tasks, such as the director of novices. They have to be free to be able to concentrate on their work. Need a miracle? Here's a prayer for a special grace through the intercession of Blessed George, which has received ecclesiastical approval. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, our Lord and Father, you surround us always by your care. Receive our humble petition, and through the intercession of Blessed George, who suffered so much for your glory and for the increase of your kingdom here on earth, grant me the grace, and here mention your intention, for which I ask you with confidence, promising to live from now on with greater fidelity to your commandments. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. To receive a Blessed George prayer card, or to report graces received through the intercession of Blessed George, please visit us at thedivinemercy.org journal. That's thedivinemercy.org journal. Journal. Blessed George, pray for us. Jesus, I trust in you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world.